Is this thing on? Hi everyone, welcome back to It's Called Self-Care, Honey. Um, so this first episode is going to be um, more of an informative episode, kind of about what I plan to talk about and what's going to go on here. Um, it's going to kind of talk about the reason why I want to start this and a little bit about obviously what it's going to be about. Um, I will later on after about five or six minutes, I will ask myself the questions that I will be asking the same, I will be asking the same questions to people that I interview. Um, but I kind of want to talk about for a minute why I decided to start a podcast. So I actually surprisingly don't really listen to that many podcasts. Um, I know that sounds weird. Like, why start a podcast? You don't even know what they're about. But I actually think that in this generation and especially millennials, like maybe the older generation too, but I know more millennials listens to podcasts. I do listen to a few, like I love a good murder podcast. I'm actually not really into murdering. I'm not really into murdering. That is, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not into murdering. Um, I'm not really into like horror stuff, but um, I found a really cool murder podcast that I liked. Uh, I do listen to like TED Talk podcasts and I do listen to TED Talks. So this is kind of my version of a TED Talk. So um, that's, you know, I think that this place podcasts are a place for people to kind of relax when you're in the car and you're driving or you're just like, I want to listen to something that's not upbeat and like music kind of gives you a lot of energy. You want to wind down. You want to listen to a podcast, maybe get some information, get some facts. Um, I'm not going to be sitting here telling you a bunch of facts about things because I am not a doctor and I don't want to diagnose somebody, but I am here to tell you my personal experience and the people that I interview will tell you their personal experiences with their mental health and kind of what goes on. And I hope that with sharing that information that you can discover um, help or support within this community and maybe find answers to some questions that you've been having about yourself for a long time. I've obviously, if you ever wanna reach out to me on social media, that's fine. You can ask me questions and I'll be more than happy to try and help you to my best ability. Um, but like I said, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to diagnose you and I'm not going to tell you what you should do. Um, I will give you advice about things. Um, absolutely no problem, but I really would love to be a support system for people if they, you know, are just feeling really alone or they're not sure what to do. I really want to be that person for people. Um, so I want to start by saying why I am starting a podcast. So... I don't even want to say I'm starting like a podcast, I'm starting a show. Like, I want to say I'm starting a community and a forum for people to talk and be more aware about mental health and how it affects people, especially young adults. And I know you probably hear this all the time, like in this economy, in this world, in this generation, like it's freaking hard being an adult. Like this coming of age, like 18 to 25 or like 18 to 30, you know, whatever you want to call it is difficult like trying to find yourself where you fit in a career making money paying bills like the transition from high school to maybe college or not not high school to college like just high school to the real world or not even finishing high school like how do you go about being an adult like that's the number one question that I feel like so many people ask like how do I know that I'm an adult and honestly there's no right answer 
I feel like you'll just know, like, okay, like, I'm kind of on my own here, like, I'm the adult in the room. When you have that feeling, then you kind of know, like, oh, I'm an adult. I've actually had that feeling recently. I was at work, and I think I was working with people that were five or, like, four or five years younger than me, and I was like, wow, I'm really the only adult in this room right now. I'm the only person above the age of 20. So, you know, that was a, that was that moment for me. Um, but I want to wait ways. I want to raise awareness about mental health, like I said, um, because I think that it definitely is less taboo than it's been in the past, but I still think, you know, that people still don't want to talk about it. It still makes people uncomfortable to talk about like, oh, like she has anxiety or like if you know someone who's like having anxiety and you're with them, it's like, oh, like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like they're being so weird or whatever. I still have people that say stuff like that. Like when I'm with my friends or whenever I'm with friends that are experiencing that, it's like people don't really know what to do. So I kind of want to talk about that here and like discuss that and really create a dialogue of, you know, what to do whenever you see somebody having an anxiety attack or how to support someone with mental illness or how to support someone who's going through an eating disorder or what to say or how to get them help. You know, all things like that. I've experienced lots of different friends and myself having a range of mental health things when, you know, depression, anxiety, depersonalization disorder, bipolar disorder, eating disorder, um, lots more that I will definitely research that I don't know a lot about, but those are some of the things that my friends have. Um, and I think it's important to talk about. Um, I want this to be an outlet for people to really, you know, feel comfortable in. So I, um, yeah, that's really why I'm actually starting this podcast. I just want to create a dialogue and an open forum from people and have an outlet of information and also like, what's the word I'm looking for that I can't describe? Like I want people to be able to relate to the things that I'm going to talk about here and that me and my friends are going to talk about or me and my peers are going to talk about because I think that it's important to discuss these things. Um, you know, I hope that I reach a wide community of people, but if I only reach 30 people, then that's 30 more people than I would have ever reached before. So that's totally fine with me. But I also want to do this because it's actually fun to me. Whenever I thought about starting a podcast, I got so excited. Like for the first time in so long, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually genuinely excited about this. And I am excited to talk about it. I'm excited to explore it with my friends. I'm excited to explore it myself, gain more information about it and get out into the community and maybe talk to other people about it. Like, I'm actually excited. I ordered a mic like five minutes after I decided to do this. So it's not a super good mic. So if the quality is not great, I apologize. Whenever I have more money, I will buy a better one. Um, but yeah, that's really why I'm starting this podcast. I think that I, I want to have fun. I want people to be comfortable. I want people to be open and feel supported. So I hope that that will be a place, this will be a place for people to be able to do that and to share those feelings. I really, I really do hope that this will be that kind of place for people. Um, I will let everybody know that this podcast will probably be anywhere from 50 minutes to an hour each episode. Um, if that's something you're not interested in listening to, then you probably just don't want to listen to them from here on out because they'll probably be about that long. I'm still going to be in the process of figuring out how to edit them and upload them and I'm trying to find a, a hosting site that allows people to listen to them for free that's not iTunes because it takes a little while to get something onto iTunes. So 
Um, I'm, I'm feeling it out, figuring out uh, my roommate's boyfriend is going to be in town tomorrow and he does a lot of coding and tech stuff so hopefully he'll be able to help me set some stuff up. I'm gonna get like an intro song and I'm gonna try and buy like a domain for this and hopefully I'll be able to put that on just the website um, and create some cover art. So yeah, I, this is actually fun. Like I think this will be fun. I really hope people enjoy it. Um, it will be more of an interview type podcast where I talk back and forth and create a dialogue with other people. This first one's kind of just about me, my experiences, a little bit about, you know, I talked about why I'm starting the podcast, what it's going to be about. Um, so yeah, but it'll mostly just be interview asking questions and dialogue back and forth. So I hope that everybody enjoys that. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Um, so, you know, this was actually a question that I got from multiple people whenever I had asked online on social media about questions people had about mental health or information they wanted to know or something they wanted me to elaborate on. And I had a, several people ask me, um, did or how did, or how or did you find a therapist? Um, and do you think that you got the right diagnosis? So actually I do have a therapist right now. Um, her name is Cindy. I won't tell you her last name, but her name is Cindy. Um, I feel because of the symptoms that I've had and what I know about depression and anxiety that I did get the right diagnosis. Um, we're still working on it. I don't think that every therapist or counselor is the right, you know, fit for everybody. And I don't think that every single one of them is perfect. No human being is perfect. So I do think that I have found a amazing counselor. She is honestly probably one of the best, most supportive, incredible, honest, genuine, caring people I've ever met in my entire life. This is the third therapist that I've had. The first two, um, the first one actually that I had before, I believe her name was Jane. I don't remember. Um, I actually ended up missing a lot of appointments because I was severely depressed and it was hard for me to get out of bed and I had moved further away from my therapist's office. So um, they had technically dropped my case and then she went on maternity leave. So I kind of just never went back. It wasn't that I didn't like her. I did like her a lot. Um, her room actually made me feel super uncomfortable though because there was no windows in there. And I need a little bit of natural light to not feel like I'm sitting in a room from um, Get Out or something, you know, like it was just kind of creepy surprisingly that room like gave me a lot of anxiety I felt like it whenever I would look at her for a long time she would move further back into the room it was just super weird um and then the second therapist that I had uh I don't remember her name either but she's actually in the same office that the therapist I go to now is and she was so nice she was the nicest person ever I could tell she was genuine she cared she was so good at listening and that's something that I wanted from someone to just listen to me you know but also the way that I work and the way that I need support and help is I need somebody to give me tools on how to cope with things and how and give me some answers to questions that I have and I didn't really necessarily feel like that's what I was getting out of the second therapist that I had. I would talk and she would kind of just nod her head and be like, mm, yeah, no, I understand. She wouldn't really give me the tools that I felt I needed to like get, not necessarily get out of my depression, but the tools that I needed to be an adult and cope and know how to deal with things um I didn't necessarily feel like I was getting there so after about five weeks I decided to switch therapists um what ended up happening actually is 
I was in the like kind of the rogue area gray area of finding a new therapist at the office when um, something happened and I had a really horrible severe panic attack while driving I've actually never had a panic attack before um, it was horrifying if you've ever had a panic attack before you know that that is probably the worst thing that could ever happen um, the first thing that happened is I started and I will explain it because if you've never had a panic attack before I'm going to explain to you some of the things that can happen so one I um, was driving so that really sucked and I sorry my phone just went weird okay so I was driving um, I started uncontrollably sobbing like hyperventilating sobbing and the thing is I wanted to cry and I needed to cry but I didn't need to cry that badly um, but it kind of just turned into a hyperventilate and the hyperventilate turned into me actually feeling like I couldn't breathe which turned into me feeling like water was going down my throat and I was suffocating and I couldn't breathe and I was driving and my eyes were just gushing out tears I felt like I couldn't breathe like it was absolutely horrible and I couldn't catch my breath so it took me to several minutes like eight or nine minutes to actually finally calm down I had to tell myself like out loud like calm down calm down because I couldn't get myself to calm down enough to be able to breathe and I thought I was gonna pass out so after that happened I thought maybe I should go to my therapist's office and ask if they have like a crisis counselor or a crisis session because I felt like I was gonna have another one and I didn't want to have another one I was just having a really bad day and um, so they were like you know we don't have anything right now they're in a meeting but there is a therapist available after the meeting and I was like okay I'll come back I just live two blocks from the office so I came back and that was whenever I met Cindy and you know the 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 very first thing that she said to me whenever I was there and I was talk after I was done talking and this is exactly why I knew I was gonna like her she said I think you might be overreacting and for the first time in a long time I hadn't had a therapist be real with me like you're overreacting you need to calm down this is not a big deal and for some people you're probably listening and you're like wow that's not something I want to hear from my therapist like that's rude and honestly maybe it was rude but that was what I needed to hear in that moment I needed her to tell me to calm down because I was overreacting about the situation because it was nothing and I'm not gonna explain what happened but I had gotten in basically I had gotten in an argument with someone and I was feeling really alone and vulnerable and I was just really like panicking about the situation because I had blown it out of proportion and I thought that I couldn't go back um, and I thought I was gonna lose a friend and so I was freaking out and she was like you're overreacting it's okay it's not that big of a deal and that's when I was like you know what Cindy I think you and I are gonna get along really well because she helped me calm down and realize like it was not a big deal what was going on so ever since then that was September and I've been I'm still seeing her so it's been six months and I think well actually no like last week or the week before it was six months so it's been I don't know how many weeks that is uh, like 29 weeks or something like that um, so yeah I really really like my therapist I did find an awesome one I think that if you have any inclination or a gut feeling like ah, I don't really 
feel like this is working out very well or you leave the office thinking, wow, that didn't help at all or I'm not satisfied with that conversation, you didn't gain anything from that, I would highly suggest maybe either one, talking to your therapist about the fact that they're not giving you the tools that you need or two, switching to a different person because uh, switching to a different person, you know, you can hop around to 30 different therapists as long as you can afford to do that. I would not suggest that if that your wallet doesn't allow that or your insurance doesn't allow that. Don't do that. If your insurance doesn't allow it, I would suggest the first thing and to just talk to your therapist and be like, hey, you know, you're not really giving me the tools that I need that I feel like I came here for. And if you could help me, you know, I don't, I don't want to switch, but I don't feel like I'm necessarily getting the tools that I need here. And I think that your therapist would honestly love to hear that because they do want feedback and they want, that's why you're there. They want feedback. You want feedback. It's a mutual agreement back and forth. So I, yeah, I would say, I would say talk to your therapist if you feel like you're not getting what you need out of that. Um, and the other question was, do you feel like you got the right diagnosis? So I, um, knew before I went to therapy that I had depression so I definitely agreed with that whenever I went there um and then I also have like acute anxiety is the other thing that I got diagnosed with and severe depression um and yeah I definitely would agree with that because I don't necessarily have anxiety all the time sometimes I don't have it for weeks or months sometimes I have it for months Um, it doesn't really affect me as much as my depression does. So I think that I did get the right diagnosis in that. But if you feel like you did not, if you think, I don't know, I don't really have the symptoms of that. I feel like I maybe correlate with this more. Again, I would suggest talking to your therapist and maybe bringing it up. And if they have any reason or, I don't know, argument against that, maybe switch somebody because your therapist should be listening to you. They should not be arguing with you. Yeah, they're a doctor and yes, they have a degree, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be listening to you. Same same with your doctor. I mean, we're not talking about doctors here. Well, we could, but we're not right now. Um, but if, if they're denying you any sort of, uh, I don't know, any sort of, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't know. If they're just denying you the right to your own opinion, I guess, then you should probably change because they're probably not the right person for you. You should never, they should never argue with you. Um, but if they, you know, want to explore that a little bit more, they might end up asking you more questions or they might send you to a psychiatrist. You know, I've never been to a psychiatrist, so I'm not necessarily sure. And I have never disagreed with the diagnosis that I've had. So I don't know exactly what course you would take after that. I could look into it or I could ask around. But um, yeah, if you feel like, you know, they say, oh, well, I have you have maybe it's just you have anxiety that's why you know they say because sometimes people get diagnosed with anxiety whenever they really should be getting diagnosed with PTSD um you know they say oh well you know you're worrisome and your and your fear is just that's the anxiety but you're worrisome and feared because of something that happened um and the same every single time the same thing happens and it triggers you you get anxiety that is PTSD that is, you know, as far as my understanding, that is PTSD. Um, my sister did get diagnosed with PTSD and there are some things that have happened in our lives that make that understandable. So, you know, that's, that is, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. 
if you just, I guess if you feel like maybe I don't have that, if you have any questions or doubts, that's the word I'm looking for, doubts. If you have any doubts about that, I would highly suggest talking to them if you're not comfortable talking to them. Maybe talk to the office, maybe talk to your doctor, talk to somebody you are comfortable talking to about. I will be the first person to tell you probably don't go online and research every single symptom and read a bunch of blogs about things because not every single person has the exact same experiences or the same symptoms because you can have one symptom and not any of the others or you can have all the others and not that one and everyone could be opposite from you. It's hard to tell. It's like birth control. It works differently for every single person and every person has different symptoms. You just, it's hard to tell. Um, Obviously, as I get more knowledge about these things and I interview more people and I see more people um, and I have more conversations, I will have more information about that. Um, I've been rambling for 10 minutes about one question, so I'm going to get into the other questions. So um, the first question on here was one I kind of just asked, but what is your diagnosis and how do you feel about it? So my diagnosis is severe depression and acute anxiety. I'm not really going to go into detail about that because I kind of just talked about it. Um, And how do I feel about it? So it sucks. I'm not going to say that it doesn't suck. Uh, I'll be the first person to say that it has monumentally changed my life. Um, It's made me question myself. It's made me doubt myself. It's made me feel like a failure. It's made me feel like I'm worthless. It's made me want to die. It's made me feel like I am not worthy of love. It's made me feel lots of different things. But um, with the help of therapy and a good support system and talking to people, I have found a way to make myself feel better about it. Um, I don't feel great. Not every single day is a winner. But most days when I get up now versus a year ago, I don't feel like I don't want to get out of bed for 36 hours. Today, I don't feel super great because I've been sick for the last two days. But um, yeah. It's uh, it's been really shitty, I'm not going to lie, but if you find a good support system and a good therapist, it can be something that you will just live with and it's really not that bad. You just, you know that you have it. Some people don't have it forever. I'm hoping that I don't have it forever, but if I do, you know, as long as I have the good support system that I have now, I'm not going to worry about it and I'm not going to stress about it. I'm not the kind of person that's going to sit and, and think about what's going to happen in the future because I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen and my life could change in any moment. So I'm not going to worry about it. Um, The second question is, I keep saying, um, I'm going to work on that. How has your diagnosis affected your family relationships and the family dynamic? So I definitely think that my diagnosis has made me um, kind of stray further away from my family because for a long time I didn't know how to talk to them about it. And I still, to this day, it's hard for me to talk about because my parents don't really understand anything about mental health. And I hope if they listen to this, I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just they think if you have depression, it's because something happened and you're sad. And that is not how it works, unfortunately. I wish that it was just something I was sad about and that it would go away, but it won't. Um, So, you know, it, it has made me lose touch with my family I think compared to whenever I didn't know I had it uh also I moved from my family I didn't live with them for a year and then I and and I was having it and I was experiencing it for the first time on my own and it was really horrible so I think that really made me disconnect from my family 
me and my family are still close, but um, we're not as emotionally close as I would like us to be. Uh, and there are some things that have happened that uh, I may or may not talk about. I don't necessarily know. Um, that have made my relationships with my family get better over the years and also get really bad. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think that my diagnosis has affected how we are together, you know, but I think that whenever it comes to talking about our emotions and talking about our, our mental health or what's going on, we don't really talk about it. And unfortunately I wish that we could more, but that's just not the kind of people that my family are. Um, I do have some family members that are more than willing to talk about it and want to talk with me about it and are supportive. And I'm not saying my parents aren't supportive, but they just think I'm sad about something and that's not how it is. So unfortunately that's just the way that it's been for a while since I've kind of been distancing myself and I wish things were different, but I don't ever foresee that happening based off of the way that they've treated my depression in the past. So the third question, I, don't, I might not number these either, I might just ask them whenever I do the interviews with other people. Um, do you think people have or will treat you differently when they know you have a mental illness? So I don't know because I have had basically the same friends that I've had since I've had depression. I haven't really made a whole lot of new friends um, and I don't think that people necessarily have treated me differently. I think people are a little bit more cautious around me, especially on days whenever I feel bad. And I think that people don't know how to support someone with mental illness, even if they have a mental illness. Because sometimes when you're feeling bad and your friend is feeling bad, it's kind of hard for you to be there for them whenever you need to be there for yourself. It's hard to, like, you know, it's hard to give someone... 30% of yourself whenever you only have seven and you need all seven for yourself. So I don't think, you know, I don't actually think that people treat me differently, but I think that people don't know how to be there for me on times whenever I need them to be. And I don't know how to tell people that I need them to be there for me emotionally sometimes. So I think half of the problem is that I need to set, you know, I need to be more aggressive and, and have more boundaries with people in the way that I need them in the way that I need them to respect me and respect my boundaries and treat me as a friend. But I don't think that they treat me differently. Uh, but, you know, that that's all I can say for my personal self. I know that's not the same experience that my, all my friends have had. So question four is, how do you handle times of relapse? So I was thinking about this question a lot, actually, um, because the last two days... No, not even the last... What's today? Today's Wednesday. Like, yeah, Monday and Tuesday. I've just been feeling really bad. Um, I just, you know, whenever I get sick, I don't know what it is. I think it's because for like two years, I was really sick. I didn't know why. And it, it really made my depression so bad. I was in such a dark hole. I honestly felt like I was in a sunken place. Like, I didn't know that I was ever going to be able to get out. And whenever I get sick, sometimes that happens to me again um, because I, you know, my doctor never helped me. He always told me I was overreacting and I was not sick. Basically, without saying it, said I was a hypochondriac, even though there were things that were going on that I knew were going on that I now know about. So whenever I get sick, I get really 
like I get really depressed I mean I'm I have it all the time I don't show it and express it all the time and I think that's something important to realize about mental illness is like because I have depression I'm not constantly gonna express the fact that I'm depressed that is not the same case for everybody I mean for a while I did but now uh, because I feel like I'm a little bit healthier like mentally I'm in a better place and I have a better support system and things are looking up in my life I don't express it as much as I used to but whenever I get sick I just like it's not even that it, just because I don't feel good it's just like I just get put back in that mentality of like I don't know what's going on and my my anxiety acts up so bad whenever I get sick like I'm like I don't know what's going on like do I have is my gallbladder like am I gonna die I don't know why I think it's just because I didn't know for so long about like an illness that I had and I thought that I was just gonna like be 25 and dead and that's like where my head goes whenever that happens especially right now since what happened the other night was super weird and my body hurts really bad so I don't know what's going on um but whenever I have times of relapse I try you know whenever I get depressed I honestly just do like the minimum amount of things that I have to do even though people are like you know get out of bed like blah 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 like I am busy for me like that's the opposite for me like I work 33 hours a week I take care of my grandpa two days a week I try to go out and do things like I hang out with my roommates like I'm a really really incredibly busy person like girl I'm booked and busy okay I'm booked and busy and so on the days where I'm like oh like I just don't want to get out of bed I don't I don't get out of bed because I deserve to be able to sleep and have just a day where I just have to myself I have a candle lit on my windowsill right now I'm gonna clean my room after I'm done recording this I'm gonna play some music like I'm gonna have fun and do the things that I want to do and need for myself to have some clarity and on the days when you know I don't, my room's clean already I don't want to lay in bed and I'm still having a bad day honest to god I will go on apple music I will play 2000s radio and I will blast that shit as loud as I can and I will sing my heart out to songs that I haven't heard since 2002 whenever I was six years old okay or songs that I haven't heard from 2006 when I was 10. I will blast that shit and I will sing it so loud. I'll do it in the car when I'm driving, windows down when it's nice. Like as soon as it hits like 60 degrees in Oregon, my windows are down and I'm playing 2000s radio. Like that shit makes me so happy. My serotonin levels are through the freaking roof. It's just like, I love doing it. I, I love doing that. I actually like have found a lot of peace in cleaning also and like organizing and doing those kinds of things and like decorating I know like obviously shopping's not like a healthy thing but I like to go like look at things I don't necessarily buy a lot of stuff like I live paycheck to paycheck I always have and so I don't necessarily buy a lot of things but I'm like yeah let's go fuck around a target or like go get a boba or let's go to dutch bros like I want to do something that like brings me joy and if you can find those like small tiny things that bring you happiness even if it's like lighting a candle taking a bath taking a shower cleaning up your bathroom because your bathroom's fucking disgusting or cleaning up your floor because you can't see your floor which is me right now uh, like finding small things that make you happy just do them like i'm not going to be the person that's going to sit here and, like go for a walk like read a book, like, go take a bath and light some candles, like, self-care, honey. I mean, yeah, self-care, honey. 
That's what this whole freaking thing is about. But do things that make you happy, not shit you read on the internet. Like, if taking a bubble bath while reading a book and listening to 2000s music makes you, like, the most happy, absolutely do that. But, uh, you just need to do things that, that make you, that bring you joy. I, and I don't know what those are, but I explained some of the, of my things to you. Like, I just do things that make me happy and, and they change every day. Like, Right now I want to clean because I'm tired of looking at my floor and I think it will bring me joy to be able to have a clean room and I'm going to go through my clothes. I'm going to Marie Kondo this shit because so many of my clothes don't bring me joy. I've gained 60 pounds in the last year. Half my clothes don't fit me and looking at them makes me sad. So I'm going to get rid of them. Um, and yeah, and I'm going to fill my clothes, my closet with clothes that look good on me that I like that make me feel confident and I'm gonna clean my room and I'm gonna do some laundry and that's gonna make me feel good today and I know that it will. I'm probably gonna get tired after like three hours I'll lay in bed for an hour and then I'll pick up and do it again. But yeah, you gotta just do things that bring you happiness, honestly. Uh, so I don't know how to transition these things, but like the next question is, how do you think your diagnosis has shaped who you are today? Uh, oh my gosh, I... I have a hard time talking about myself. I will admit that right now. It's like I will be listening to you and listening to your... Oh, this mic keeps hitting my chin. I will be listening to you, listening to your problems, giving you advice all day about somebody else. But about myself, I have a really hard time talking about myself, which is something that I talked about last week in therapy and that I'm working on. Um, But, you know, I think... The, th- I think that my diagnosis has shaped me to be th- a person that I actually like, which might surprise a lot of people, but because I had such, I had, was in such a dark place and such a dark hole, I brought myself to therapy and I brought myself to meet Cindy, who has taught me so many things and so many ways to cope with myself and so many things that I didn't realize I was doing that were making me unhappy like being passive and not setting boundaries with people and doing whatever people wanted me to do and not learning how to say no those are things that I have that I use every single day now and I actually enjoy myself like when I don't want to do something no I'm not going to do it I don't want to do it. I don't need an explanation on why I don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. And, you know, she taught me that's okay. Like, it's okay to say no. It's okay to be like, you know, I'm not having a great day. I don't want to hang out. It's not because I don't love you or care about you or I want to hang out. And you don't have to explain this to people. But I'm just not feeling it today. Like, I want to hang out at home. If you want to come over, that's chill. But I don't want to go out. And I think people respect that more than you going out and being in a bad mood. So for all my people out there that just passively have been floating by life because they don't want to lose friends or feel alone or they feel like their friends will be mad at them if they don't do whatever their friends want to do, fuck that. Tell your friends, I don't want to hang out. I don't want to do that. I don't like doing these things. Let's try something else. And your friends will respect that. And if they don't, they are not true homies. And you need to drop those people. Cut them out. Because if your friends don't support and respect you and respect your boundaries, uh, bye. I don't (laughs) like it yeah that's not cool and they shouldn't do that that's not a friend to me and it's hard to like kick people and cut people out of your life but when I was 18 and in high school I probably had 60 friends and at least 
50 of them were people that I was just friends with because I saw them five days a week and I wanted to hang out with them and I wanted to be popular and I wanted to have friends because I was fat and I was alone and I was insecure and that's that was who I thought I wanted to be and I was so unhappy in high school that was not who I wanted to be and I wish that I could go back and tell myself you don't need a lot of friends to feel happy because even if you do you won't be and I think I'm veering away from where this question was going but I think my diagnosis has shaped me into a person that I like and a person that people respect and a person that people listen to and has shaped me into an adult and that's something that I'm proud of because that's not something that I could have said a year ago. I didn't know who I was and I'm still having my, you know, not century, I'm having my quarter life crisis of, you know, who, what is my identity? Who am I? What do I want to be? Where do I want to go? you know I don't know the answers to those things and those are still things that you know come in and out of my head every single day but I'm working on it and I'm working on myself and you know in order to figure out the questions or the answers to those questions I needed to like myself first and I needed to understand myself and I'm getting there and you know that's a progress that people should be proud of so it shaped me into a person I like and that's my answer Do you think that it is possible to have a healthy dating relationship? Okay, well, I didn't frame this question correctly. Do you think it's possible to have a healthy dating relationship with a mental illness? What about friendships? Are they more difficult to maintain? So I do 100% think that it's... Wait, what was the question? Do you think it's difficult or it's possible? Yes, I do think that it's possible to have a healthy relationship with a mental illness. Um... I think that if you your mental illness is out of control, I don't think that it's healthy or I don't think that it's possible and I don't, definitely don't think that it will be healthy. I think that it's possible, but I don't think that it'll be healthy because I have known several people in relationships with severe mental health issues. Um, they're not bad people, they just definitely had severe mental health issues and um, you know their relationships weren't healthy and they put their partner through a lot. And because you love somebody, a lot of times you will stay because you think that the problem hopefully will go away if you stay with them, if you love them and you care and support them. But that's not going to happen because the shit that's going on inside of their head has absolutely nothing to fucking do with you. And you can love and support someone all you want, but unless they try and actively take steps to fix the illness that's in their head, their relationship will never be healthy. And you can be there for them and help them take those steps absolutely that is so healthy and so awesome of anyone who's ever done that but you know if you continue to let it happen and you continue to be their caretaker the problem's never going to go away and i've seen that happen a lot with people i've never been in a very serious relationship and up until really now in my life now that I can see why I didn't I thought that it was because there was something wrong with me and because I was ugly because I was fat people didn't want to date me the problem is that I didn't like myself and I'm not saying people that don't like themselves are incapable of being in a relationship because that's not true and I don't want you to put words in my mouth but for me personally I didn't like myself and I didn't know how to care for other people because I didn't know how to care for myself and that was a problem that I had You know, I still don't think right now I'm ready to be in a relationship, a serious relationship, because I don't know myself fully and I want to know myself and get to know myself and say I 100% love myself before I can start to understand other people because 
other people will do things when you don't understand yourself like I've done this in the past I don't understand I don't understand myself I don't understand what I'm going through so someone will do something and I take it as a personal attack it they have attacked me they have attacked who I am as a person and I don't appreciate it but it's not that they were attacking me it's that I didn't understand where they were coming from because I didn't understand myself I hope that makes sense um, because I thought so low of myself I thought that bec what they had said was an attack on me and it wasn't it was you know well one it was them trying to be there for me but I couldn't see that um, and unfortunately that is that is made me lose people that I actually care about in my life some of the people I'm still friends with that I've dated before which people think is unhealthy but I actually have had some really awesome friendships with people so I don't agree with that um, but uh, I do think that it's health that you can have healthy dating relationships like I said I think that that's I think it's possible but you need to understand yourself and understand what you're going through in order for it to be a hundred percent healthy um, if not, it will probably lead to resentment issues, boundary issues, hate, anger, lots of different emotions um, that will leave you feeling empty inside. And I can definitely testify to that because that's happened to me before. And it will just, it will leave you feeling worthless and you don't want that for yourself. It'll take you, from personal experience, I know, years in therapy to figure out that uh, you needed to figure out yourself first. Um, I definitely think that it's, easy to have healthy friendships because for me personally and I will say I will say that a lot for me personally because these are just my personal experiences um for me personally it, it understanding my mental illness has actually made it easier for me to make friends um and, and maintain friendships because now I know how to set boundaries with people and the things I want and understand what other people are going through and how to be there for them and so I think that that's I think that's actually helped my relationships, or not my relationships, my friendships become healthier because I'm not like, why don't they want to hang out with me? Like, what did I do? Why are they leaving? Like, you know, these like abandonment issues are going through my head. Like, wh what did I do wrong? Like, why are they leaving me out? Why do I feel like I'm left out? I'm the like the third person. What's going on? I don't feel that way about things because I know that that is just me in my head thinking about things that have happened to me in the past and thinking in my brain thinking about things that aren't happening um and creating scenarios that aren't actually there so I think actually sometimes whenever you understand your mental illness and you're in you're on your way to to kind of getting help getting support understanding yourself understanding your mental illness I think that it actually helps you create healthier relation friendships and relationships but the friendships that you have become stronger, I believe. I think my friendships have become stronger with people because I understand myself more. And I've been able to forgive myself for things that have happened in the past and things that I've done to my friends. And I've made amends and apologies for ways that I've treated people when I didn't understand myself, when I, when I was going through things. And I think that that's created a stronger bond with people. Um, I definitely think they are difficult to maintain whenever you have a mental illness because uh, mental illness takes up a lot of your life. Uh, it takes up a lot of your brain. It takes a lot of, uh, up a lot of your thinking, um, your space, your time. And, you know, obviously friendships require work. Relationships require work. You can't just not hit somebody up for four years and expect them to expect your friendship to be the exact same way as it was. Maybe a best friend. Yeah. 
but I've had best friends I haven't talked to for four years and I talk to them and it's a little bit awkward I'm not gonna lie because we haven't kept up with each other um, because we're both going through stuff and yeah life gets busy but four years is a long time to not talk to somebody so they are a little bit more difficult to maintain in my opinion um, just because having a mental illness takes up a lot of your time so yeah that's that's pretty much uh, oh, I need to get through these questions a little quicker okay how can people support you um so I was thinking about this question too because I was like I don't know I don't know how people can support me but actually I do know so when you see your friend I'll just explain this an experience that happened this summer and whenever my friend listens to this they're gonna know exactly that I'm talking about them and shouts out love you um I'm sorry if you get mad at me saying this no one will know that it's about you I won't say your name or pronouns but so this summer my friend and I um we went out with their family for a occasion and um my friend you know hadn't really drank alcohol in a long time because they were uh going through some mental health stuff they just found out that they you know got diagnosed with this and they were learning on how to deal with it and they had like disassociating problems and alcohol kind of made them disassociate and so we were out and we decided let's order a drink a celebratory drink this is a celebratory day a celebratory dinner so we ordered a drink pretty soon a couple sips after my friend took of their drink I looked over and I realized they weren't necessarily doing as well as as uh not not as well as they should have been but they just didn't look like they were doing well so I kind of I re I, le I leaned over in their ear and I said hey are you okay and they were like no I'm not and so I thought I said okay you don't have to drink anymore do you want to go outside and talk for a second and um, I don't remember I don't think we ended up going outside talking but I just sat there and I talked to them for a second because it was loud in the restaurant you know whenever you're having those problems you're overstimulated you don't know what like you're disassociating you're overstimulated there's so many people there's stuff going on like you're feeling pressured to to drink because you're at the celebratory dinner it's a lot honestly like it, someone who's not going through mental illness is like what like that's what's like what's wrong with you why are you acting like that why are you being weird like they're not being weird they have a lot of things going on they have 14 things going on in their head right now there are a lot of people talking and it's difficult so i think you know for ways people and that was just a story i wanted to explain like how you can be supportive for your friend like just even asking like hey are you okay like you seem like you're just not yourself you seem like you're not doing well and you don't want to say it in a, in a tone of like well you're not you don't look well like what's wrong because that's, you know, that that makes people feel belittled. They are, it's not, you know, they are going through a lot. So I think for me, like, every once in a while, I have this Finsta. And if anyone knows what a Finsta is, then good for you, you know what a Finsta is. Um, sometimes I'll post stuff on there, like, you know, I'm having a bad day. I'm depressed. For a while I was posting stuff about, like, oh, I wanted to kill myself. And, like, I'm having a bad time. And not a single person that followed me ever asked if I was okay not a single I think maybe one person in like the month span that that was happening not no one asked me if I was okay besides my sister and one other person um if you see people posting shit like that ask them if they're okay um if you're their best friend you should definitely ask them if they're okay if you're their acquaintance you should ask them if they're okay because clearly they are not okay um I think people understanding and respecting my boundaries is a way they can support me asking them if I'm okay 
inviting me out to do things, to try different things. Like, I like to be adventurous, but sometimes I get into my own head and I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, ah, that, like, that scares me. Or, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'll be in the right mood. Like, no, tell me, let's go. Like, let's go do something. Let's go out. Let's go. I don't really like movies, so don't offer me to do that. Um, let's go get food. Let's go for a picnic. Let's go for a drive. Let's go to the coast. Let's do this. Let's go this place. Let's go to Ikea. I don't know. I mean, that's like kind of extravagant because I live like two hours from Ikea, but you know, like invite, let's go do something. Let's get out. I think that's a good way for someone to support me personally and other people with mental health stuff going on. Um, yeah, but I mean, even just a quick text, a quick call. Hey, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Do you want me to, to help you? Do you want to go, do you want to go out and talk? You want to go do something? You want to go for a drive? Like, I think that's a, a good way people can support me. And like I said, like respecting my boundaries and expecting, respecting my, like, I don't know. Yeah, my boundaries, I guess, you know, I just said invite me to do things, but it's like, if I don't push me either, you know, if I said no, I probably don't want to go. I'm having a bad day. I want to lay in my bed. Um, And I have bad days. I'm human. I'm a human being. I'm going to have bad days. I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to, you know, and because I have depression, my bad days sometimes are going to be really bad and they're going to be worse than other people's bad days. And, you know, it's something that I have to live with and the people around me and my friends and my family and, and partners and everyone will just have to deal with. And I hope that they'll be respectful and allow me my boundaries and my privacy and I think that's a good way you can support someone uh okay do you think mental illness is portrayed enough in the media do you think it's portrayed accurately this actually I was excited to ask this question because I never in my life have ever thought that mental illness is portrayed enough in the in the media and I also don't think that it's portrayed accurately in the media. I will give you one example and one example only of a show that portrays uh, mental illness accurately and enough and that is the show on Netflix one day at a time. That show honestly has been like incredible. I It, it, accu- ac- it accurately portrays it perfectly. Penelope is depressed. She has PTSD. She has anxiety. Her mom has anxiety. Um, the the landlord he is a alcoholic so he um he has struggles with addiction issues their daughter is well not their daughter well penelope's daughter but also i forgot the dad's name um she is queer and her partner is non-binary uh it 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 deals with like very modern day things that people deal with and and it portrays them very accurately very well very respectfully and I love that show. I think it's amazing. I think what they're doing is amazing. Um, if you haven't seen that show, I highly recommend it. One Day at a Time on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original. Um, it's an incredible show. It really is. And and I love that they teach the son, um, Penelope, and the daughter teaches him about respecting women and um, growing up with women and what you should do and that, you know, your whole life shouldn't be surrounded by you know, I don't know. I don't want to say something that's going to, you know, get my head like underwater or anything. Cause I don't want, I, I never want to offend anybody. And if I say something that's offensive, please tell me. And I will apologize because I try my best to be, you know, someone who understands everybody. But I, you know, I, 
I'll be the first person and I don't, I'm not going to get super political in here because that's not what this is about, even though I am political. You know, I, I, yeah, like I am white and I grew up in a very white state in a very white city and I don't understand everybody's struggles and I never will and I'll be the first person to admit that. So if I say something that's like not correct or you're like, mm, maybe that's questionable, like tell me, I will never say it again. Um, but I'm going to try and steer away from political things on this because that's not you know, it's personal experiences is what I want to talk about. Um, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, the show. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's great. Um, I don't think that any other show actually ever that I've ever seen has ever even attempted to talk about mental illness and they've never portrayed it, ac portrayed it accurately ever, ever on any other show I've ever watched or even heard about ever. So I think that that's super disappointing because there are millions of people every single year that get diagnosed with mental illness, um, mental illnesses, and they never show them. I think they show more things about eating disorders than other mental illnesses. Like I've never once seen anything about depersonalization disorder or bipolar. Um, I've seen some about anxiety, depression, and eating disorders because those are really three main big ones. Um, I don't want to say big ones like that, but three main ones that people talk about the most and you see the most on the media. So people think like, oh, those are the three like basic ones, but there are, <coughs> there are hundreds of them and I never see them anywhere. Um, I, I've never actually seen an episode of anybody disassociating. I've never seen that on this, on, on the media ever. And that's something that happens to lots of people. So it's really disappointing to see that. Um, I really hope in the future that, that that will change. I don't have any hopes for it. I'm not going to get my hopes up, uh, but I hope that it does. I really hope that that changes because lots of people feel alone. Um, you know, it, we're in a modern technology era and social media and TV and Netflix and Hulu and they just don't have it enough out there and that's what causes people to feel so alone and, um, you know, people really look to media and social media to have answers and not feel so alone that's unfortunately that's just the way that it is uh and I don't think that it's out there enough so I, I'm really glad that I'm doing a podcast about it and talking about it in personal experiences and with friends and peers uh, because I like I said before I hope it creates a community and an, an open space and a dialogue for people to feel safe and and get maybe answers they need or ask questions so I hope that that changes uh what would you like to see change in society regarding mental health um I kind of just talked about that but I would love 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 to see more uh one health cares um make therapy and counseling free for people I have Oregon health plan which so counseling is free for me uh it's not free for everybody that's why a lot of people don't go and a lot of people don't have health insurance and can't afford it so that's why they don't go i would love to see people get it for free i would love to see that be an option for people um i think a lot of people need therapy and i think i actually think almost everybody could use therapy i think we would have a much better community world country name it you name it i think that it would just be a better place but um i i really hope that in the future that that changes i don't particularly see with this current administration that that will ever change but who knows I'm not like I said I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna be hopeful of that I'm not gonna get my hopes up or anything I'm not gonna have any expectations because expectations lead to disappointment and I don't like to disappoint myself so I hope that that will change I also hope that people 
will stop stigmatizing mental health even if they don't have it they don't know anyone that has it like it's not something that's like you know it's not like a big open wound like some that sometimes that's how people treat it like a big open gross wound they don't want to get near it they don't want to touch it they don't want to talk about it it makes them sick it makes them feel weird like yeah it makes them feel like queasy or whatever it's like no that's these are your friends these are the people in your community these are your friends these are your peers this is your parents these are your family members the person you're dating it's you know it's everybody it's your next door neighbor it's the person that's just next to you in class it's your coworker. it's everybody that you know there are so many people and i could probably pull up a statistic right now but i'm not going to there are so many people that have mental health issues you don't even know so please stop acting like it's something that should be kept and swept under a rug because it shouldn't be and that's what causes people to commit suicide I'm not saying because you're not talking about it, you're causing someone to commit suicide, but making people feel alone and making people feel like they're, they live in some different planet than you causes people to commit suicide because they think nobody wants to talk about it. Um, nobody wants to help me. I don't have a support system. I don't have anyone to talk to. I'm alone in this. It's never going to get better. Like I'm better off dead. That's exactly how people think. So I hope that in the near future, people will stop doing that and that they will say, you know, I'm here for you. I may not understand what you're going through, but we're going to get you help. We are going to make sure you're good and you're okay to get up every day and do what you need to do to be a person and understand yourself and love yourself. We're going to figure it out because until we do that, there are going to be thousands of other people that commit suicide every single year, every single day. There are I don't know statistics, so I'm not going to say, but I'm sure probably at least a hundred people that commit suicide every single day. And I would love to see those numbers drastically change in the near future because that's not okay. These people are going through things and for you to ignore them like there's not a problem is not cool and genuinely makes you a bad person. So if you don't like that I said that, I'm sorry. That's my opinion and I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change it for anybody. So um, I hope that, you know, in the near future we can see therapy affordable free for everybody and we can see people stop acting so ridiculous and taboo and stigmatizing mental health and being supportive if we can figure out those two things i think that we will get this down and we will get the numbers down um i'm not saying that's going to happen but i hope that it does and i think that will make society a better place for people so the last question, and I saved it for last on purpose because I think that the question is a, it's a two-part question. I think the first part is really deep and that it's um, something maybe some people don't want me to ask, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, if they're not comfortable with me asking it, then I probably just won't share it on here, but I want to hear their answer. Um, the first part is very deep. Um, it's something that people don't want to talk about more than any other part of mental health. But the second part is really hopeful. And the second part um, probably is going to make me cry. So I'm just going to let you know right now. Um, and it makes you think, you know, if maybe I was just a little more supportive or I understood this a little bit better, I could understand where this person is coming from. And I hope that they never feel like that again. So... The first part of this question is, have you ever considered suicide? My short answer is yes. 
Um, I have considered suicide. My longer answer is no, I haven't attempted to kill myself. Um, so I want to say, I don't know, probably nine, ten months ago. It's like during summer, fall time last year, I probably thought about killing myself at least three times a day because I didn't have therapists at that time in my life. I was working hours at a job. I like my job, but I was working hours that I didn't like five nights a week, three to 11. Um, it was awful. It made my mental health horrible, like fucking horrible. Um, it made me isolate, you know, the hours and my mental health made me isolate myself so much from even my roommate, even my best friend and my family because I was so tired all the time and I never did anything before work on my days off. It was like, I need to do laundry one day and clean. And then I had one day to myself and it just put me in such a dark place. And I didn't never see myself coming out of that place. I didn't know. I honestly didn't know that I was going to ever make it. I thought I'm going to, I'm just going to fucking die. Honestly, I just would rather die. I would rather die than be here right now. Um, and you know, I, I, I was so alone. I felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to and I really didn't because I didn't ever reach out to anybody. I never wanted, to, I, I didn't think that anybody wanted to talk about it. And I feel so differently about that now, but then I didn't. And I didn't have a therapist. I didn't talk to my family about it. I never, you know, and whenever I did say it out loud, it was like people didn't take me seriously. They thought, oh, well, you're just saying that because you're having a bad time or you don't like your job or something. And, and, and honest to God, probably if it would have gotten any worse, I probably would have tried. I probably, if it had even went on for another month, I honest to God probably would have tried to take a whole bottle of pills and kill myself because that's just where I was. I, I didn't really give a shit anymore. I uh, wasn't getting out of bed. I wasn't doing my laundry. I wasn't really eating. Didn't have an appetite. Uh, I never fucking had money. So that was a big problem also. It was like I just, I'd work my ass off. My money would always be gone. Um, it was a really rough time for me. Uh, and it's just, you know, my 21st year of life was just fucking horrible. And I really hope that I never, ever, ever have to go through any shit like that ever again. Um, I just had a lot of illness happen, which like I said before, it, my illness causes my anxiety and depression to act up so bad. And I was so sick for like eight months that it just put me so deep into a hole that I never thought I would be able to get out. And finally I did. Um, but it, it was fucking horrible. Honest to God, I, I never wish that upon anybody. And I think six months ago, whenever I had that panic attack, it was kind of an awakening moment for me. To realize I don't want to live like this anymore and I'm tired of this I'm tired of feeling this way I want to be happy I want to be healthy and I want to live my life like you know I see people on Instagram they're going this place and going here and with their friends and I'm like wow I want to be like that but I can't but then I was like why why can't I why can't I do that shit is because I was making myself so unhappy I was so depressed I didn't know I didn't know what to do and after that panic attack it was just like crazy how how eye-opening that was 
So, you know, like I said, in short answer, yeah, I have committed, not committed, I have considered suicide before. Um, I've never attempted it, but I've considered it. So the second part of this question says, if yes, why did you choose to live? Um, I chose to live because I think, no, I know that I can live a life worth living for. So I think now, not then, but now I think my attitude and my um, self-deprecating humor that I had before was actually making me more depressed and making me feel worse about myself than I actually thought that it was. I'd make jokes like, oh my god, I'm gonna kill myself. And saying shit like that actually made me want to kill myself. Um, it wasn't a joke after a while, so I don't say those things anymore because they actually make me sad and they make me depressed and they make me think about those things. So I don't say them and I don't say stuff like, oh, I look so like, oh, I look so fat, like my thighs jiggly today, look at my arm and stuff like that. Like that's not funny to me anymore. And because I, I like myself now, I like, you know, I, I have gained weight and I don't love the way that I look physically, but I know that my attitude is different and if I want to change it, I can. Whereas before I never thought that I could. Um, I chose to live because I like my family. I love my family and I love my friends. And I didn't think it would be fair to myself to end my life because I was unhappy at one point in my life. That's not fair. That's not fair to me and that's not fair to my friends and that's not fair to my family. I want to live a life worth living. And I think that I can now. I mean, it, it, six months, not even six, eight, eight months ago, I don't think I'd ever be able to say that. But I love my mom and I love my dad and I love my grandpa and you know before my grandma passed away three months ago I mean not that I don't love my grandma anymore but I love my grandma and it's like my other grandma and my aunts and my uncle and my cousins and my sister oh my god I didn't even say my sister's name I love my sister and I love my best friend and I love my other friends and I don't feel so alone in this world anymore and that's why I chose to live because I reached out and I got support. I got the support that I've been searching for for so long. I got my therapist and I talked to my family and I talked to my friends and I talked to my coworkers and I changed my schedule at my work and I'm so much happier now. I have more free time to do the shit that I want to do. And, you know, I am saving money for the first time in a long time and I'm planning a trip and I'm doing things I want to do and be happy about. And that's why I chose to live because I refuse to let my depression get the best of me and I refuse to let it take over my life and I refuse to let it let me live one more unhappy day because that is not fair to me. I deserve to be happy and I deserve to be loved and I deserve to be vulnerable and I deserve to have good days and I deserve to have bad days and I deserve to have whatever the fuck I want because I am a human being and I am not going to let the way that my brain tells me things dictate my entire life for the rest of my life because I want to be happy and I'm going to choose to be happy and 
I am going to seek help when I need it and ask for help when I need it and ask to be alone and have boundaries and respect whenever I need it because that's the way that I'm going to be happy and that's the way I'm going to live my life for the rest of my life. And I think that if you find that with yourself, if you find out the ways that can, things that can make you happy and the ways that can make you happy in your life, then I think, I, I think you'll have a happy life. You'll have a good attitude. Your outlook on life will change. You know, not this, not two days ago, Monday, but the week before, I had the most intense therapy session I have ever had in my entire life. There were things that we talked about that we brought up that I've never told anyone, that I've never talked to anyone about, that I didn't even know I was doing things I knew I was doing that I've never said. And I was hyperventilating, crying because for the first time in so long, it was things that I said out loud and it was like this weight on my chest was gone that I had never felt before. And it was incredible and it was eye-opening and it was awakening. And when I walked outside, it was the weirdest thing ever. I felt like the fucking sky was bluer and my car was a brighter color and the flowers were brighter and the building was brighter. It was like, holy shit, because I said these things out loud and I talked about them and I got this off of my chest, I feel so much better now. And that's the way that everybody can feel too and all of you can feel if you talk about it. But if you keep that shit inside of your head forever, you will never feel better. Never. And don't think for one fucking second that you cannot talk to somebody because you know what? You can talk to me about it and I will help you and I will try and support you and we will do what we can to make sure that you feel better and you get the right diagnosis and you get someone to talk to and you have a support system. I am here for you and I hope that you're okay.